This is a podcast from Minute Media. I still believe through the cold and through the heat, through the rain and through the tears, through the crowds and through the cheers. Oh, I still believe. You know what I realized today is I was walking into the convenience store up the street. How ridiculous <laughs> being a Browns fan is. Uh, Yeah, because I thought, when's the last time we had fun? We're, uh, we're, we're not, not this calendar year, that's for sure. Yeah. I'm thinking like before the Raiders game, maybe at the end of towards the end of last year. Yeah, that's really when the spiral hit and that spiral didn't stop, hasn't stopped. Um. Yeah, just trying to enjoy players. summer. You that know? Cincinnati game was sweet, the first one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But hey, welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. You have Kevin. And Raleigh. And we panicked, so we had to call back Mr. Matthew Timpanic. Uh, Matthew Timpanic, uh was on our last episode with us. He is a sports attorney, well, an attorney of all sorts, but does write podcast and do a lot in the intersection of sports and the law. He came on a, a couple weeks ago to help break down what the hell was going on with Deshaun Watson and everything leading up to that point. Uh, this has been living under a rock. Monday morning, Sue Robinson came out with her decision or recommendation that he should be suspended six games this year, to which the NFL then had 72 hours to say if they were going to appeal or not. Just found out today, Wednesday, August 3rd, around 3 p.m. this afternoon, that the NFL is indeed going to be appealing Judge Sue Robinson's decision. So we asked Mr. Matthew Timpanic to come on and kind of just break this down to us like we're two-year-olds. Please. Like expl- explain it to me like I'm five years old. There you go. All right. So on Monday, Judge Sue Robinson came down with her opinion that Deshaun Watson would be suspended for the first six games of the 2022 season. Uh, That's a far cry from the indefinite suspension that the NFL was looking for, or even a one-year suspension. Since then, as of today, the NFL has decided to appeal that ruling. And who do they get to appeal the ruling from Judge Sue Robinson from? To Roger Goodell. The NFL gets to appeal the ruling, the independent arbitrator, to themselves. And like, mm, oh, I don't know what's actually going to be the ruling. That's kind of the ridiculousness of this whole process. It should be independent arbitrator and then maybe somebody above it and then federal court. Roger Goodell should have no no play in this because the NFL is going to likely institute an indefinite suspension to Deshaun Watson once Roger Goodell hears this appeal, which I'm, uh, I would bet significant sums of money that he's going to. Why is that? It's because the outcry for the six-game suspension has been deafening. Last time I was on, I predicted Judge Sue Robinson would institute a six-to-eight-game suspension, and she would use Zeke Elliott and Ben Roethlisberger's suspension as kind of guidelines, which clearly she did based on nonviolent contact, which is what the NFL is alleging. The issue is the NFL is like, whoa, whoa, this doesn't go nearly as far 
And it's hurting us with people throughout the country. Even I think it's the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center came out strongly denounced the only the six game suspension for Deshaun Watson. And now the NFL is in a position like, all right, do you accept the six games and move on? Uh, they did it. So now they're, it's likely going to get an indefinite suspension. But what happens from there? From there, Deshaun Watson and Jeffrey Kessler, who obviously famously represented Tom Brady in the ridiculous Deflategate scandal. Wait, can I interrupt you? Can you also throw in why we are now shifting from hearing Rusty Harden to Jeffrey Kessler with Deshaun Watson? So Rusty Harden was Deshaun Watson's criminal attorney for his criminal cases and his personal attorney on the civil cases. This is completely different. And since I think we last spoke, Deshaun Watson settled another three of his civil lawsuits, which Mm -hmm. I think leaves him as only one lawsuit remaining of the 24 that were filed of the 30 that were 30 alleged victims and the 66 masseuses, something like that. So Jeffrey Kessler is going to handle uh, Deshaun Watson's case to Roger Goodell. And when Roger Goodell ups the suspension because there'd be nothing more embarrassing from the NFL appealing it to yourself and then getting the same suspension. That's not going to happen. It's during this time until it is heard, the NFL is going to be on the phone with Deshaun Watson. Hey, take 10, 12 games, take this fine, waive all rights to appeal. Because once it goes to the federal court, one of two things is going to happen. Uh, Deshaun Watson is going to try to get what's called a TRO, which is a temporary restraining order, which would allow him to play while his case is pending before the federal court. Is he going to get it? I don't know. This could be a huge miscalculation by the NFL because he get if Watson gets that TRO, he will be able to play to the federal court rules on his case, which could be months or the entire 2022 season. Thus, the only thing more embarrassing for the NFL that they could get to right now, besides only getting a six-game suspension, is appealing the case to yourself and then Deshaun Watson being able to play while his case is pending. And so now the 22 season, 2022 season starts with Deshaun Watson not on the, not on the suspended list, but actively playing. So correct me if I'm wrong here, Matt, but for that to occur, that that's after Goodell would make his ruling and Deshaun Watson and NFLPA um, thought it was so unfair. Then they took it to the federal level. Uh, do you have any idea on the time? Is it going to be a similar process where Goodell weighs both sides of the arguments or is he just going to, could he make his claim tomorrow or his sentence tomorrow in theory? The, the last thing uh, Roger Goodell wants is this to be a kangaroo court. The neutral arbitrator did it, did her job. She heard the evidence and based on what the NFL was presented, which was a non-force, non-threat, non-coercion sexual assault case and This is what is in line with uncharged criminal conduct. Deshaun Watson was cleared by two grand juries. He settled his civil cases. And that's more in line with what Ben Roethlisberger did, allegedly, and what Zeke Elliott suspension. But the NFL is trying to move the goalposts, if it were. They're like, no, 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 this conduct, he needs an indefinite suspension. Okay, then 
Why is that? What is different than this is a misconduct case, but you're looking for forceful and violent sexual assault uh, 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 suspension, which is just not going to happen right now. Goodell is going to institute a suspension, and then from there it's going to go into the federal court. But Goodell is going to have to take his time because any sense of impropriety by Roger Goodell is going to change the narrative. It's not going to be about sexual assault and what Deshaun Watson did. It's going to turn into what happened in Deflategate. It was no longer about footballs. It was about the commissioner's power to suspend somebody for however he or she sees fit. So at the federal, if this, if Goodell came back with a year suspension or indefinite suspension, minimum year, whatever, and this goes to federal, um, this suspension, the suspension length, what a lot of people don't understand is kind of based off of whatever the NFL decides it to be. In this case, whatever the NFL decides to it to be after hearing Sue Robinson out. If this goes to federal, uh, could the federal court come back and say, actually, zero game suspension? I'm not hoping for that necessarily, but is that a realistic outcome? Absolutely. If the federal court finds that Deshaun Watson's rights were violated, you could be in the same situation as Brady was in 2015, where Judge Berman decided that Tom Brady was railroaded and throughout the entire suspension. And then it wasn't until the NFL waited till after the season was over and appealed the court to the circuit court of appeals that the suspension was actually put back into place. And around we go again, again, I have said this on other podcasts. I've written about it. What the NFL's biggest problem is, is they don't have guidelines for these types of offenses. You commit this, your suspension is this, your fine is that. It's X, it's Y. And you can either go up and down based on the egregious nature. But we need a baseline for people to actually know because every time a suspension comes down, it's it's without logic. It just comes out of thin air. Okay, Calvin Ridley, you bet $1,500 on a game you weren't playing in on your team in a state where sports betting was legal, one year. Okay, uh, Deshaun Watson, now you're an independent neutral arbitrator. You get six games for 24 um, lawsuits and four massage therapists who testified about sexual assault. There's no logic to what how these come down. And that this is what you're going to continually see throughout the CBA until you have guidelines so that anybody, any lay person could look at them like, Hey, he got a DUI or he got a battery charge. Okay, he was not charged or he was convicted. This is what the sentence he would get. This is what we all agreed. Why in this case was the NFL's Sue Robinson? Because we've talked about the settlements. He settled 23 of the 24 cases so far. Why in this court in front of Sue Robinson were they only examining four cases? They So when you're a prosecutor, I kind of equate the NFL to what they did to being a prosecutor. They got to put forward their best case to be able to prove it. The only thing worse than getting the six games would have been getting not being able to prove anything. And Sue Robinson decides that Deshaun Watson did not violate the CBA. 
and which would result in the NFL having no options and Deshaun Watson would have been free to play the season. No questions asked, never be tried again for this. But the reason they only did four is that they found these are the four most egregious and credible witnesses to have us prove our case. Think about it. In the Texas criminal, uh, the grand jury cases, of the 10 victims, nine were present, but only one testified in the Harris County District Attorney's uh, criminal case in front of the grand jury. And prosecutors routinely pick their best cases and go forward on that. Thus, the NFL found their best four victims, most four credible ones, and put them forward. So that's interesting. It was made public through a bunch of sources a few weeks ago that the NFL offered a settlement to Deshaun 12 games. 12 games, sign it, no appeal, let's just move on. He obviously turned it down. So I'm curious, why will the NFL PA sue regardless or would the NFL come back with their appeal and maybe up it to eight games or 10 games to kind of put that in that little you know gray area where the NFL PA might not sue then if it's not the full season? I guess, how do we go from six games to indefinite? The thinking being, so it's already been leaked out. I think Adam Schefter already leaked it that the NFL was seeking an indefinite suspension. The reason you give the reason the lawyers at the league at the NFL gave that to Adam Schefter is because they want word to Deshaun Watson's, hey, this is you're going we're going to appeal this to us. I don't know how you guys allowed us to create this and agreed to this ridiculous kind of provision. But it just to let you know, you go forward and we do this, you're going to get an indefinite suspension. However, if you want to take 10 to 12 games and a $10 million fine, we can take and you waive all appeals. We can do that because the NFL will be like, all right, that's more in line with what we're looking with. We can say that we fought hard for domestic violence victims. The biggest problem, in my opinion, a very probably the biggest problem the NFL has is the optics, optic nature of the six game suspension. Remember, Trevor Bauer and the MLB with only one victim, obviously it was more forceful sexual assault allegations, non-charged. He got two years by Rob Manfred. Deshaun Watson had 24 lawsuits against him, and he got six games. The NFL is looking like it doesn't know how to combat sexual assault and domestic violence routinely with that. So with 10 to 12 games, they can turn back to their sponsors and be like, hey, we did everything we could. We did not want this to be a court battle that goes on for years. We, he wanted to accept responsibility. He is show, actually now showed remorse, and they can spin that into a victory. Before the six-game suspension or recommendation came down, people were theorizing that if, worst case, it was an indefinite suspension, in order to get that indefinite or in order to be able to come back, he would have to, you know, settle all the cases or there'd be, you know, certain things he'd have to do, obviously. Now that he settled most of these cases, all but one, what are what are the, some of the things that they could make him do to, to come back? Like, what, what does indefinite mean? I know what it means, but in the sense of, of Deshaun Watson and the NFL, he just has to wait a year and then reapply? So with indefinite, it means that we have no idea when this could actually end. It could go on forever. But usually this includes provisions that you can apply for reinstatement after a year. 
That's usually these types of situations. But before you do that, Judge Sue Robinson, in her decision, talked about how for the remainder of his career, Deshaun Watson must use team-sponsored massage therapists, meaning he cannot go on Instagram or Twitter and DM some random massage therapist and ask for one. No, they have to be from the team. So they either have to be a Cleveland Browns massage therapist or any other team that he plays for the remainder of his career. Doing that, if he does, if he violates that, he would be in direct violation of the order and it would be subject to reopening. So with this case and actually moving forward with it, Deshaun Watson has is probably he's in a pretty bad spot right now because that his one chance to be able to gain leverage or potentially beat it would judge Sue Robinson. As this case progresses, it's only very likely going to get worse for Deshaun Watson. I, I kind of read this theory online that the NFL was waiting for the court of public opinion to decide whether or not they would want to pull the trigger on appealing. They also said that it might've been Schefter actually in an interview that the national media, the general population casually following this had no idea how the arbitration uh, process actually worked. And the NFL is because they didn't listen to our podcast and the NFL essentially was given the ownership of this decision that wasn't theirs, but they're also being hit with the public outcry as if they made the decision. So then that forced them to say, okay, well now everyone thinks it's our fault that it's this low and we might as well roll with the punches and increase the limit or increase the amount of games Deshaun's being suspended. That there, it makes sense to me. I don't know if it's true. That also being said, do you anticipate, uh, like I, I feel like if, if they increased it by two games, that's not going to satisfy the court of public opinion. And it's like, really, we wanted to neuter the new process with Sue Robinson just for two extra games. Like, are you, would you predict the NFL or Goodell bringing down the hammer or marginally increasing it at this point? Yeah, like you said, I think you're right on. And I've said this previously. The worst thing Goodell could do right now is be like, all right, we're going to increase it to eight games. It's like in SpongeBob. You do the crime, you do the time. Okay, time's up two seconds later. You can't do that because everyone would be like, what the hell was the point of having Sue Robinson do her 15-page opinion, hear from all those witnesses, then you just reviewed and be like, "Ah, actually, two more games. At a minimum. The NFL is not going to accept anything less than 12 games, which would be double the suspension. And that's that would only happen in an arrangement with Deshaun Watson where he would waive all appeals, pay a fine, do sensitivity training, volunteer with sexual assault, crisis centers, the whole nine yards. Because otherwise, you look exceptionally weak. You look like you are, okay, you're the NFL, you're a $10 billion industry, and for this whole thing, probably one of the biggest scandals since Deflategate, if it were, in the past seven years, arguably, you increase it two games, four games to ten games? No. It has to send a message like six games wasn't appropriate. Twelve, we were able to cut a deal at twelve, and we're able to spin it. But very likely, Deshaun Watson doesn't take twelve. He's getting an indefinite. 
And his attorneys are saying to him, uh, especially if you're Jeffrey Kessler, I was able to get Tom Brady's suspension thrown out in the federal district court. And they were had to appeal it, and you were able to play for 2022. But that doesn't change anything for 2023. Remember, Deshaun Watson structured his contract knowing he was going to get suspended this year. That's why his for the six games that he's suspended, he's only missing out of $343,000 for the six games. He got like a $45 million signing bonus. But if his suspension was told until next year, his salary increases, and then the Browns would have been in a position where they either Deshaun Watson misses out on tens of millions of dollars in suspension, or they have to do another restructure, which pushes the salary cap down the road. I do got to stick up for my man, Andrew Barry, real quick. He does structure all big Browns contracts the same way, or it's very minimum the first year, and then piles on. There's it, uh, bottom heavy. Yeah. Matt, we. And that's definitely. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, because what I was going to say is and the Patriots do the same thing. A lot of clubs do that. It's normal practice because um, the salary cap is in- increasing every single year and you have less money committed four to five years down the road. So it's easy for to observe a cap hit in, as opposed to in the present when your cap space is usually limited. But this case, obviously, the Browns have like something like $60 million in cap space. They could have easily front-loaded it, but they absolutely did it here for Deshaun Watson, so he wouldn't take as big of a hit with the suspension. Matt, you discussed what the NFL potentially has to lose if Goodell's decision is appealed to federal court. What does Deshaun Watson have to lose if it's appealed to federal court, or would it just be taking it into the next season and losing on the millions of dollars of next year's salary if it floated he has, in he, so when you're doing it so behind the scenes they're absolutely going to be engaging in plea negotiations they're going to be like all right um we're going to appeal it to us we got you by the balls if it were right now it's like you go to goodell um i can't say for sure but i have a very good feeling wink wink nod nod it's going to be an indefinite suspension it's not like i haven't spoken to him it's not like his office is down the hall but Deshaun Watson potentially could miss the entire season. Think about it. Uh, the Browns have the pieces they need to actually have a winning season. But if Deshaun Watson misses the season, you're not going to the playoffs with Jacoby Brissett. No, you're going to have to pick up the phone and call the San Francisco 49ers and get mm. Jimmy Garoppolo from them oh. to be able to save the season. Oh, and yeah, God. that's the reality of it. But 12 games is better than indefinite because if it's indefinite and the TRO doesn't work, he's not playing this whole season. It's you're talking about playoffs. There won't be any playoffs and there certainly won't be a Super Bowl, even with your Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback. If you're Deshaun Watson, you're talking with the Browns like, all right, 12 games sucks. We think we, we don't like it. We don't like this fine that you got, but you'll be back this year and this will all be behind us. And if we can keep it seven and five, six and six, we have an outside shot of making the playoffs. That optimism is very much appreciated. But yeah, that's that's very optimistic of you. So we appreciate that. I I thought if if it goes to federal, then it's no suspension until federal's decided. Yeah, that's That's my that was my next question. Like, if and when and or when the players come out and say. Player Association comes out and says, we are taking this to federal court to appeal that. 
is that automatic that he's going to play week one because it's in federal court or in federal court, then they have to get the next step in there. They once it. So once Goodell makes his ruling, there's going to be a race. The race will be to whoever can file the lawsuit first. Why? Because whoever files the lawsuit first in federal court gets to decide which venue the case hears it and which appellate court hears it as well. The NFL is literally going to have somebody parked outside the Southern District of New York court district courthouse ready to file the appeal within moments of Roger Goodell's uh, ruling. Why? So that the Southern District of New York actually has the case or as opposed to what the NFLPA wants, which would be the Delaware U.S. District Courthouse, which is more player friendly. From there, then Deshaun Watson would have to file a TRO, a temporary restraining order, and that would have to be granted penned and staying his suspension, arguing irreputable harm. That's what you need to get to be able to get a TRO. And if that's granted, that's the only way he'd be able to play in the event of an indefinite suspension. And that's unlikely at best, but possible. What's your prediction? Do you have one? Yeah, I think it would behoove Watson. If they're offering 12 games of suspension, you got to take it because it's not going to get better. You might be able to um, convince a federal court to vacate the ruling, but an appellate court's going to uphold it. And all you're going to do is you're going to run in the same situation as Brady is that he plays for this season, but then he serves it next year. And next year, contracts come up. Amari Cooper is a year older. You have the pieces this year. And I, it's terrible to say 12 games is a hell of a lot better than an indefinite or an indefinite suspension in 2023. His prospects of succeeding and getting the suspension thrown out are remote at best yeah you know remote at best is going to be our playoff chances if he's out for 12 or more games or hey eight or more games that's just my opinion Raleigh I have nothing left on this depressing topic to ask actually I did want to ask this is there a chance that Goodell is on the hot seat I don't know who fires Goodell but I feel like this situation is his fault over the years um, mm-hmm. the lack of consistency with his job. I mean, and then him still being in a power position, like as they attempted to clean it up seemingly with the addition of an arbitrator. And then it's like, Oh, what's the, what was the point of all that? And it goes back to him and it's still going to be a mess with his finger on it. Like, could he be at risk or could they make him the fall guy, if you will, or does it not matter just because he's on top? I think it's unlikely at best. Remember, who is, who employs um, Roger Goodell? It's the, the owners. owners. And the owners are still reeling from the collective bargaining agreement that he helped negotiate, which barely passed, which, again, was very owner-friendly. And the players never actually realized what actually matters, getting rid of the franchise tag, um, better revenue sharing. He cut an amazing deal. And the owners, and he protects them. He's the bad guy. He is somebody who everybody can hate so they don't have to hate the owners. Remember, yesterday, mm-hmm. Stephen Ross got suspended for the first six games for, uh, what was it, tampering? No, it was it was, it was was tanking, but you would open yourself up to a million lawsuits if you gave him a suspension for tanking. He gets to be the bad guy, and all of the owners get to 
hide behind him and use him as a punching bag wherever, and he collects $50, $60 million a year. They're very happy with the job he does, and I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. They just re-upped him recently, I thought. Yep. Well, yeah, he makes 50, 60 something million a year. Yeah, they last time I saw it was at least 40, which is absurd. Matthew Timpanic, we will have his contact info, of course, in the episode description. Again, Timpanic Law. Uh, his motto is don't panic, call Timpanic. But Raleigh and I did panic very, very much so today. So thank you again, sir, for hopping on such short notice. Uh, now we wait and see. Oh, Keith, one more thing. Is there, uh, the NFL had 72 hours to file their appeal. Is there a rule like that for, now uh to announce no, be- the decision no nope I, I think he's going to be on his timeline and usually what's always happens is he imposes he'll have to hold a hearing and review the case and then probably within the next few weeks he'll issue a ruling and oh, then God. down the down the lawsuit um rabbit hole we go well Buckle up, y'all. Once again, sir, truly appreciate your time. Thank you for breaking this down for us. For Raleigh, for myself, for Matthew, thank you for listening to Dogs of War podcast, and good night, Cleveland. It was 1950 in the cold and rain When my father took me to my very first game Said the Browns are going to show you how the game is played Here we go again So get on.